1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Bob McIntosh. He runs a digital marketing company that specializes in real estate investors and e-commerce. He's also the host of the Get Out of Your Own Way Now show. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: appreciate you having me and thank you all of you for listening in.
1: Thank you. And it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your journey and where you are today?
2: Yeah. So uh, my dad and I started flipping houses, oh man, almost 15 years ago. Um, that's how we kind of started in the real estate space. And we still do a lot in the real estate, mostly mostly on buying holds now and things of that nature. But along the way, I doing that, we were doing all of it in Buffalo, New York, but I moved to Los Angeles and i said well how do i provide value in a space from 3000 miles away and that was where internet marketing was kind of born so i got very good at that especially within the real estate investing space and uh and then a few years ago instead of just showing people what they should be doing i said what if we actually just did it for them and so 3 degrees is born and here we are doing it for folks now
1: very cool very cool so tell me a little bit more about what marketing looks like for Real estate investors, because e-commerce I can have a, I have a pretty good idea of it, but for real estate invet- investors, what do you do?
2: Yeah, so there's really a several different marketing, um, I guess you could say, avatars slash campaigns slash ways that you do this, right? Because we we got to talk to different people in different ways. If I'm an investor trying to buy a property, well, I gotta talk to motivated sellers. They're very unique, they're very skizzy, like they don't wanna talk to anybody. They're usually in some sort of distressed financial situation. And, you know, they're they're very untrusting of most people and generally speaking their, their outlook on life in the world is very negative so we handle those people very differently than if i'm talking to other investors so for example like my podcast doesn't focus on sellers because sellers don't care about listening to a podcast about real estate right they want to know can you buy my house and how much are you going to pay for it so when we talk to other investors um private money lenders you know who lend us money to buy these deals and most anyone else in that space you know it's very different right like i'm talking to someone who is thinking about things differently they want to know about rois and they want to know about how this works and you know internet marketing and podcasts and they care about all these different things because they're looking at this business in a very different way than that so it kind of it's this interesting world where we've got two, two well i mean there's more than two but basically two very different um people that we have to talk to and so it's almost like marketing schizophrenia. <laughs> like you gotta wear totally different hats when you're talking to these different folks.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting. So how long have you been in this space?
2: I guess what uh, well, so, helped this business? Yeah. So the agency itself helping folks is only we're um oh God. Yeah, I mean I guess technically four years, but there's some some weirdness in there from some other previous uh, lawsuits that were happening in some BS. So really about two, two and a half years or so. Um, but I've been teaching internet marketing for investors since 2012. So it was 11, 11 years at this point in time. Um, and I've, I've helped more than 15,000 entrepreneurs. I've spoken on stage for about 4,000 hours helping people with this specific topic of internet marketing as investors and how we attract the things that we want to attract into our business as investors.
1: Mm, very interesting. So you, so you've been in the space for a good few years now, what are some of your favorite strategies that you implement for yourself for growth?
2: Um, so it, it just depends. Um, there's, there's a lot of different things. Uh, to be honest, my, my favorite, which is not always the most reliable, but it always, it, it universally produces the best clients for us is speaking, right. Going to a stage and, and talking to people. And because uh, several things happen. Number one, and and this has been hard for the last few years, and that's why I say inconsistent because obviously COVID and you know it, like Zoom calls are just not the same thing. I, and when I say to speaking, I mean in person at an event talking to people. It's obviously not as scalable in many cases, uh, but there's just something about being able to see someone, talk to someone, provide value for them, help them have their eyes widen and that kind of light bulb moment go off in their head of oh my gosh, like I can actually do this because I think so many people and. I think this is true more in the real estate space than like definitely more true than e-commerce because we've done a lot of e-commerce as well and that's you have a crowd that tends to be less tax savvy and so therefore they associate internet and even podcasts and a lot of these other things that we do As like this, oh, I I can't do that. I'm, I'm not that tech savvy person, right? I don't, I, I can, right? But then you kind of break it down and you show them and they're actually able to stand there and ask questions. And I think what it creates is this methodology of, Oh my gosh, I can. And so then what happens is two things for me. One, they go, Yes, I can actually do this, right? Like they get all excited by it. And then they go, they start it and then they realize, man, it's actually a lot of work. And so for us, that's then, Oh, why don't you come back and talk to us about it? So ironically, mm. you know, our internet marketing business drives most of its leads, not from the internet. Um, and this is not that there's anything wrong with that, um, it's just, it's for me, it's my favorite because being on stage is my happy place. I enjoy it a, a lot.
1: So do you, what other strategies do you implement for, let's say whoever's listening, they're like, oh my God, like public speaking, I can't do that, you know? <laughs> so what what other strategies do you, do you I guess, advise?
2: Yeah, so I, the answer is going to come down to what do you have more of, time or money? And if you have neither, well, you're going to find yourself in kind of a, a hard place for a while. I don't know how else to say it. But um, if you've got more time, then using social networks, right? Being on there, being on podcasts, both being interviewed and interviewing um, both ways work out great. Um, you know, go to Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. LinkedIn's hot right now. I would, I would especially for a lot of entrepreneurs, if you're a B2B space, be on LinkedIn unequivocally, like there was just a stat, I think it was posted by LinkedIn if I remember correctly, that less than 1% of LinkedIn users post more than three times a week. Like let that sink in for a second, like less than 1% post more than three times a week. Whereas Facebook's about 65 to 70% post more than three times a week. So, like, your competition there is is negligible. And so you'll have a lot of, like, one post that might get a little bit of traction on Facebook or Instagram or even TikTok might go literally 100x further on LinkedIn just because there's not as much content for you to compete against. So, um, I think those ways are, are great for time. And if you've got money, just run ads. Like, it's straight up, it's the easiest way because it's just... Put money in get results out um it requires fairly little amount of time and a little bit that you do need you can replace with something like me or my team to do it for you so if you've got money just run ads it's just it's the quickest easiest way to scale and it's also very predictable and repeatable
1: mm, i see thank you for that what do you wish that you knew back when you first started that you know now
2: everything <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing that I, if I could go back and teach myself something from back then is just, um, make the investment in yourself sooner. And what I mean by that is, you know, can you, can you forego paying yourself or pulling money out of your company? And by doing that, pouring it into you, slash the company. Cause for most of us, our companies, when we start are just us or, you know, us and maybe one or two other business partners. So can we take that information and can we plug it in uh, or sorry, can we take that that money and plug it back into growing ourselves vis-a-vis more ads, more opportunities, more sponsorships, more whatever it is that's working for you. Just do more of that and forego paying yourself for a while. Um, I think that is. I think that's an untapped resource that people don't think about too often.
1: Mm. Tell me about one of your favorite client wins.
2: Um, yeah, so I think probably like most recently, this one sticks out. There's a lot, but th- this one just happened like, I don't know, like three weeks ago. Um, so we had a client, a uh, fairly successful investor. Uh, I won't say where it's cause they're, they're pretty well known in, in the area that they operate in and they have their website and SEO and all their stuff with, um, a very prominent third party company. One that most everyone in the space would know and a lot of folks use. Uh, and there's nothing inherently wrong with them. Like they do a pretty good job, but it's not great. It's it's very cookie cutter. And so we took over their website, we took over their SEO and specifically their SEO uh, in a matter of, I think two months, we've increased their traffic 153%. Um, we've increased the actual number of rankings for keywords that matter to them. Um, not just ones that someone said, oh, here's a keyword we think like, no, like it's actually things that people are wanting to know. Um, we, I think we've moved them to the first page in like 40 keywords and moved them from the bottom of the first page to mid-level to not quite first place but top five um, in like another 20 or 25 right and so uh, and if we look at what that equates out to their business for them is at the end of the day you know I believe if i'm i, I believe the total number of additional leads per month has almost tripled um, from what it was prior to where we were at And so when I look at that, I go, okay, great. Now, you know, in the real estate space, we won't know what the ROI of that is for a while, right? It might be six to nine months before we see the ROI, because by the time you buy a deal, rehab a deal, put it back on the market and sell it again, it takes month's worth of time. Um, And they've only been working with us for about two months. So, you know, it'll be some time before we see that. But if we just look at the average numbers of what they used to do prior and what they're doing now, Um, I mean, literally, they'll have 100x their investment with us in the first two months alone. Not to mention whatever happens for the next 10 months that uh, we're contracted with them. And I assume probably more than that since the first two have gone pretty good so far.
1: Amazing. I love it. I love that. So I guess what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing in the business right now?
2: Uh, So biggest challenges right now is... Privacy. <laughs> um, well, I love the idea of privacy. Um, it's great. Like, you know, iPhone saying, do you want to use app not to track you and, you know, Google getting rid of cookies possibly this year or maybe early next year? Like all of this sounds great from a user standpoint of, hey, like our data is more private and people are being more aware of that. Um, the challenge of that, though, is as a marketer, as an entrepreneur who's running a company that needs marketing, um, whether it's my company or our clients, um, the, the more privacy that there is, the less reliable results are and the more expensive mm-hmm. it becomes. And this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't think about. Like we're, we often were champions for this whole idea of privacy, but realize that privacy comes at a cost, literally a cost to our business of making everything more expensive. Like if you look in the last 12 months. Um, Facebook ad costs across the board have increased over 30% over the Black Friday timeframe, which is the most expensive time to run ads. It was like 70 or 75% high, higher this past year than it was the year before, right? Oh. And so, you know, when we look at this, it's, it's challenging because it's like, hey, well, you know, a, what's happening is a lot of folks are coming to agencies like mine saying, hey, like, I need to get back to where I was. We're not. We're not going back to that point unless everyone agrees that privacy doesn't matter like we did, you know, four or five years ago, which is very unlikely to happen anytime soon. So um, the new world is increased ad costs. So what that means for us is not the challenge of how do I do better on ads, but it's how do I do better on conversion and how do I do better in increasing my lifetime value of my customers so that I can basically eat the additional ad cost that's going to cost to get them and still make the same numbers I was before or even sometimes better.
1: Hmm. Oh, wow, I had no idea that Google might get rid of cookies. i That's crazy. Yeah. It's
2: they, they've like been talking said, about it's... it for for a while, but and so, well, I should, I, mean, I should actually clarify that the, the talk is not, not Google is not getting it. Like cookies will still be in existence, but Chrome, the biggest browser in the world, which right now accounts for, depending on the study you talk to anywhere between 65 to 75 or 80% of all web-based traffic is coming from Chrome um they're talking about ending cookies so they won't recognize utilize or save or promote or allow cookies anymore which is pretty crazy Uh, what does that mean we're still really not sure yet nobody like it's a massive undertaking i know what they're trying to do it makes sense but we'll see how it plays out like and when it happens it'll be it's going to be a disaster for a little bit until we kind of find our ground and figure it out
1: I mean, like you said, we'll see how it goes. They were supposed to get rid of TikTok and everybody was freaking out. Like, where am I going to advertise? How am I going to get customers? I'm using my My small businesses on TikTok and we still have TikTok. So, yeah, it's, it's we'll still see. there. Let's, let's exactly. be real. I when mean, there's a lot of money involved,
2: things don't move nearly as fast as people think they will.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think I think we'll be OK. <laughs> yeah. So what is your plan and focus going to be for the rest of this year?
2: Uh, For us, the plan and focus is massive growth. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly that we have the best system for real estate investors specifically. Um, Can we help anyone? Sure, but for real estate investors, I know we can really go above and beyond. I think that the next, and and what I'm excited about and why we're doing this is the more folks I can help, the more impact we have. I, I genuinely believe the next 12 to 24 months, at least in the United States, we're looking at some serious recessionary activity. Um, And because of that, what it does is it opens the door for investors. And so I know like, even if you're an entrepreneur right now who's not in real estate, but you've been thinking about it, the next 12 to 24 months, there will be an opportunity like we've not seen since the great recession to acquire property and acquire cash flowing assets. But the only way that's that's going to work at scale is having a credible online presence and utilizing the internet because COVID transitioned so much to online. And is it to say that you can't use offline tactics? Absolutely, you still can, for sure. But what's happened is it's forced the credibility and planning and execution of your investing uh, acquisition strategy to be more online. And if you're not utilizing that, you're just leaving money on the table, which is silly.
1: I see, I see. So I guess what are, what are some of the strategies? Just, oh, wow tongue-tied on this what is it monday <laughs> what, are some of the we'll strategies, what are some of the strategies you're implementing to achieve all of that massive growth
2: yeah so um the things that we've done is is really um systematize the process so i understand you know right now if we look and, and by the way this is always the system's always changing because the internet's always changing but the core tenets of what you need to do to be successful in any business online, whether it's real estate investing or anything, have always been the same. It's been the same since day one. It's never changed. The tactics change. The um, places that we do it have changed. Uh, the way that we talk about it changes, but the actual tenets are the same. The tenets are this. Show up, be found, be credible and be, uh, you know, be helpful to your clients, to your customers, to the folks who need you. Uh, and show them that you actually can do what you say you can do. And if you can do all those things, you'll win online. And all that's happened between when the internet started and today is that we've changed how we go about those things. And so we've built, in my opinion, a better system for how that happens to make it faster, easier for entrepreneurs and investors to drop in and say, okay, how do I do that as quickly as possible? Even if I'm, I'm literally a nobody today, how do I become somebody tomorrow? Online, at least. So that I can use that and leverage that in everything else that I do to make more money, buy more real estate, build a better business.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that. Let's go ahead and let's cover your podcast. So, how long ago did you start it? What's the meaning behind the name, and what kinds of things do you talk about on there?
2: Yeah, so um, we started the podcast. I don't even know. Actually, I guess I, gotta go, I think I guess it would have been probably twenty twenty, like late twenty twenty. Um, somewhere around there. I could be wrong on the exact date. Um, I, honestly, I started the podcast because everyone's like, you gotta have a podcast. You gotta have a podcast. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll do a podcast. Fine. Um, I, I, it's not like I, I truthfully didn't want to um, because it's just like, this is one more thing to do. Uh, that, that was how I was looking at it. I was like, but mm. I see people doing it. I know I need to, so I did. Um, but then what happened ironically is that I actually really fell in love with the process. Uh, and I think this is, speaks volumes to what it is. Being able to hop on conversations with cool people and talk about what's working for them and not expose me to a lot of very interesting conversations that I wouldn't have ever had had it not been for that. And so, um, you know, that's where it was. Now, when the podcast started, it was not real estate focused at all. It was just about getting out of your own way because that's also the title of my book and so i was like hey like i've already kind of built this brand around the book it makes sense and it opens up the doors for from a guest standpoint and this is was my perception it opened up the doors to be a lot more guest possibilities It's like hey it's not just focused in this niche um but invariably what happened was because i know most of my audience is real estate investors the podcast kind of skewed that direction um until i finally just kind of bit the bullet and said you know what this is just going to be a real estate focused podcast same title, same process. We still talk about getting out of your own way. Um, I just talk about it more in whatever specific thing the guest has done. And all the guests just happen to be now in the real estate space because it, it just makes more sense to focus your podcast on the thing that you want the most of, which is, you know, I want more real estate investors. So let's talk to other real estate investors. So, um, you know, we've done that. And the, I think the thing that we do maybe a little bit differently than anybody else, and maybe not anybody else, but a lot of others is I actually don't care as much about your success as much as what did you do to get to your success? Like the success is great and that's cool, but I want to know what was the challenge you had to overcome? How did you have to get out of your own way? What were you facing? Because the thing that I found is that we every entrepreneur, I've yet to meet a single entrepreneur that didn't have to get out of their own way, but every single one of them, the way they did did that, how they looked at it, what they were feeling at the time and how they overcame it has always been different. And so I think the best thing that I have found I can do for entrepreneurs is say, hey, like if we're all facing the same problem, but we're all facing it in a different way, let's expose as many different ways as possible so you don't feel like you're alone in the process of getting out of your own way. And so that's what I try to do.
1: I love it. I love it. I'm so glad that you started talking about the getting out of your own way thing because I was just about to lead into that. So tell me about a time where you I guess figured out that you were in your own way, and what did you personally do to overcome that?
2: Yeah, so the 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 time that I talk about a lot, and I talk about this in my book as well, um, it is early on, and uh, I was being a typical entrepreneur, which means wearing every single hat. I was doing all the things, and I was not playing. I was not. I was playing the technician role, not playing the manager entrepreneur role, and there was, um, I was working on my website because I come from a tech background, so I kind of understand that. And I was like, oh, I could build my own website. Even though I'm not a great designer, um, You know, I know the tech, but not necessarily the design aspects. The, the uh, I built the site and I was like, yeah, I think we're good, right? And I sent it off to one of my mentors and he wrote me back like 30 seconds later like, is it done? Because it looks like crap. And that was three months of my work. I was like, oh. <gasps> no. Oh. And I, you know, I know he didn't mean it in a mean way, but it, it like punched me in the gut and i uh i I, like i was so i was sitting in in my office chair like one of the ones that kind of like spins around and i like threw myself back put my hands like on my forehead and like onto my temples and i was like right like it's like just like this is oh my god and as i'm doing so i'm like leaning back in my chair and i'm looking at this one spot in my wall and there was like this little like dent in the paint or like i don't know like someone had punched it and then they like you know it was an apartment they punched it and then they i don't know how but then there was like they filled it in with spackle but it didn't flatten it out so it was like indented so i always look at that one dent i don't know why but it was just like it was something to focus on and every time i would get stressed or something would happen i would be doing that um and actually this ironically goes back to the start of our conversation before we uh on recording which is Uh, that was right when this picture came out of Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook with this motto on their wall that says, move fast and break things. Done is better than perfect. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, done is better than perfect. Like the site might still kind of suck, but we just got to move on. Like I haven't even bought a real estate deal yet. Like I'm like, what am I even doing? Like who cares? Um, And so I actually made my version of that sign and I taped it at that same exact spot on my wall um, that I would look at where the dent was. And so what would happen is then every single time from then on that i would like be in this mode where i'm like leaning back and rubbing my temples i'd always be looking right there because i always had and bam there's that reminder of i've done it better than perfect which is sort of the spawning of getting out of your own way and it was a reminder to me to say hey if you're like sitting back in frustration, looking at the spot again, it's probably because you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, uh, and you need to get out of your own way and stop doing that thing and figure out that done is better than perfect. So it became um, this very like, like unintentionally became um, the way that I, I look at it. And so now I carry that forward in a lot of ways. You know, I've, I've moved since then, but uh, the, the principle is still the same.
1: Mm. I love that though. So you just put a physical reminder that already fit into your current habits
2: exactly just yeah. like because okay. if you try to change your total habit from nothing right like that's way way harder if i simply work with it's already there and i think was it uh in atomic habits he talks about that right like it's not it's not you don't try to change everything try to work the thing you want to change into the thing you're already doing and it will by default create the change that, you, that you're after
1: small little improvements here and there and that'll make it easier to go and change the habits for a good later down the line as well it just starts with that little little push i guess <laughs>
2: yeah exactly and look like it wasn't it in the funny part is it's it's not even um because like, i knew i would still do the same thing even today even still right now you're 15 years later i still do things that i'm like why am i doing this like why, like i shouldn't i should not be doing this right um but i think this is how i've always looked at it as entrepreneurs right The reason that we trade our 40 hour work week job for a hundred hour work week job, in most cases when we start, is because we know we can do something better or we have a grander vision or we know we can accomplish more than we're currently doing. And because of that, we're always gonna push ourselves to do more. But that also, that very thing that creates who we are as an identity almost, especially at the beginning as an entrepreneur, is the very thing that holds us back as we grow. Because even though we know we can do better and we could be doing this, we have to let it go and say, look, Maybe someone else doing eighty percent as good as I could is fine for right now. Because if I have four people doing eighty percent, I'm still doing more than me doing hundred and twenty.
1: Mm. So delegate, delegate, delegate.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah, that's usually the awesome design, right? Like if if you're finding things that you need to get out of your own way, it's usually time to assign it to somebody else, um, or or accept that hey, maybe it's not your thing that you should be focused on. Like I'm not a detailed person. Like I know that about myself, and yet. Sometimes a lot of the work that I do is there. So I'm, I'm always trying to find ways like if I'm mired in the details, that's not, that's not my zone of genius. And I know that. Sometimes you have to. And that's okay. But I try to be out of that zone as much as possible.
1: Absolutely. And that's I think that that's, that's one of the things that's brought you to the level that you're at now. I mean, you're a seven-figure entrepreneur because you, you play to your strengths. You're not trying to do a million different things at once that you know that you're not good at. You're handing it off to other people who are good at it. And then yeah. that way, it's only like nine hundred
2: thousand things, not a million. So it's it's little oh, oh, okay, okay, my bad. <laughs> my
1: my apologies. <laughs> I'll get it right next time. But yeah, anyway, it's delegating. is crucial.
2: Absolutely, yeah. All right, Bob. I, I think. Sorry, one, one more one more quick thought on that. Go it's right. just this: when when we're looking at getting out of our own way, right? Um, the the if I were to trace back out of her out of every single interview that I've done, the one thing that I hear in common. Um, is every single person after they've gotten out of their own way says, man, I wish I'd done that sooner. Like every, it doesn't matter what it is, what, it, what way it was. So if you're listening to this right now and you're going in invariably, there is something in your head going, I probably shouldn't be doing that. Get rid of it sooner.
1: All right. I was like, I was just going to ask if you had one more piece of advice to give, but you went and answer yeah, for me. Is. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, Bob. If anyone's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you?
2: Yeah, best way to reach me is go to go, G-O the number three, DC for uh, Delta Charlie or degrees consulting.com. So go to go3dc.com forward slash Bob Macintosh and it's M C I, no A in my last name. And uh, on that page is all my contact details, my contact card, text me, email me, follow my social, anything you want. Just reach out to me. Happy to, to support you in your journey wherever you're at
1: awesome thank you so much once again group if you're listening and enjoyed please like and subscribe if you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show please visit top100interview.com thank you
0: hey everyone i hope you really enjoyed that episode as always if you want to listen to more daily interview content make sure you subscribe and here's three ways i can help you in your business for free